are ready. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Can we put our hands together? The Lord is great. His mercy is everlasting. Hallelujah, Jesus. Is anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. We're standing on the promises of God this morning. Let's worship and bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're standing on his promises. In him we have a confidence. He won't fail. Can we put our hands together this place this morning? Hallelujah. Clap your hands, clap your hands.
Somebody worship your Hosanna this morning. Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna, be lifted high. Hallelujah. Let's just stay in this for a few seconds. Is he high over your life? High over your finances? High over your body? High over your will? We lift you high this morning, Lord. Just a few more seconds. Just lift him high. Lift him high. We lift you high this morning, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. this morning? Amen. Amen. So I want to greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I want to tell you, welcome home. Welcome home. Tell your neighbor, say welcome home. Can I tell you a secret this morning? Can I tell you a secret? It's going to be deep. I'm so deep. You got here today because the Spirit of God drove you here today. Amen. Welcome home. Amen. Before I take a prayer request, I first. Uh, want to advise for all of those that are interested in following this particular ministry, keeping up with what God is doing in this house, in this community, we ask that you do like and or subscribe to us on Facebook, 
as well as YouTube. Amen. I want to take this next portion of your time to take prayer requests. Is there anyone in here that you would like us to pray for you? You just raise your hand. We don't know what it is, but God knows. And the spirit of God is in this place this morning. Amen. So if you need the ministry staff to lay hands on you, you are more than welcome to come down. But because you are in a church that believes the spirit of God is here, the spirit of God can touch you right where you're at. Amen. Amen. Do I have some praying people this morning that is going to pray down heaven for your family, friends, and neighbors? Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we ask you, oh, Father God, that you may bring heaven on earth, Lord Jesus. God, we ask you, oh, Father God, that your healing hand may be present in this sanctuary this morning, Lord Jesus. God, you know, oh, Father God, the matters of your people, Lord Jesus. You know where the body aches, oh God. You know, oh God, where there be pain, Lord Jesus. You know where there is addiction, oh Father God. Lord, you know, oh Father. God, I ask you, Lord God, to begin to heal the bodies, oh God. Begin to heal the minds, Lord Jesus. Heal them in the spirit, oh Father God. Lord, we come to you, God, because there's no one else to turn to, Lord Jesus. It is you, oh God, that can do above, that can do all things, oh God, above that which we are asking, Lord Jesus. Father God, I pray for Brother Dow right now, Lord Jesus. God, you know what it is that he's dealing with, oh God, that you may touch him, Lord God. Touch his body, Lord Jesus. Speak to the elements of his body, oh Father God. Command, oh God, his body to be made whole, Lord Jesus. God, for you have need of him, Lord Jesus. You have need of him, oh God. Your servant, Lord God. We pray for Mama Allen this morning, Lord Jesus. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. Your right hand upon her life right now, Lord God. Total restoration, total healing, oh Father God. For she is needing the kingdom, oh God. Lord, bring her back, oh Father God, to sit in the seat of worship again, Lord God. In the house of God that we may see her again, Lord Jesus. God, in the name of Jesus, we bring our prayers to you, Lord Jesus. Oh God, speak. God, touch each and every individual in here this morning, Lord Jesus. God, touch them, Lord God, like never before, Lord Jesus. Cleanse them, oh Father God. Oh, Jesus, there are people in here that are broken, oh God. There are people in here, oh God, that believe, Lord, if you don't touch them today, God, they can't make it throughout the week, Lord Jesus. Touch them, oh God. Touch them, Lord Jesus. Have your way, oh God, in your people, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. If there are people who believe this this morning, shout hallelujah, Jesus. If you believe God has touched you this morning, shout hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. We worship. Can we continue to keep praising him this morning? Can we continue to keep praising him this morning? It's a glorious day. Can we put our hands together? Hallelujah. Everybody clap your hands. My shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my till I met you. I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures, I tried. 
needed rescue, my sin was heavy. Chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan. But you called me a citizen of heaven.
Come on, don't stop worshiping. I'm so caught up, I forgot what I was supposed to do. Come on, put your hands together. Let's magnify the name of Jesus. Are you living in the light now? Come on, if you're living in the light, shout hallelujah. You know, I was real quick before we get to our, our greeting of our those who are here. I was thinking that when I go to work, I can't act like this. Because if I start acting like this, there's something wrong with you. But you got an opportunity that you can stand to your feet. You can clap your hands. You can move around. You can run. You can shout. You can't do it at your workplace. They say, listen, you are disordered. You're acting misconduct or something as such. They will allow you to do that. But you're here in a place of liberty, a house where you can worship your God. Not the God of money, not the God of your job, but the God that gives you breath. So let everything that has breath, let everything, come on, yes, Jordan, you got it. Can I hear a praise from the saxophonist? Let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord today. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God, I'm giving God the praise. For I was once lost. I was lost in my sins, but, but he found me. Come on, look at someone say, he found me. He found me. And for this, I'm going to give him the praise. I'm going to give him the honor. I'm going to give him the glory. You may be seated in the wonderful presence of Lord, of the Lord. Hallelujah. We give God praise for the opportunity. We greet everyone. In the matchless, wonderful name of Jesus Christ. He is our soon coming king. He is the king already. And he are here to just lift him up. Lift him up even higher. Because we got a work to be done. A work to finish. Work to be accomplished. And we're here to hear well done, saints. We're here to hear well done. Thou good and faithful servant. At this time, we welcome you again to Christ in the church which was first admonished in our first segment of the service. But also we want to acknowledge those who, who are here for their first time or their second or third. If you're here for the first, second, or third time, can you by indicating by standing if we can acknowledge you at this time, if you can stand at this moment. All right, we have a, oh, our dear sister that got baptized last week. God bless you. Sister Sister, say it, God, come on, let's, everyone, can we stand for that soul? And another sister, can we all stand? Come on, Christ in the church. Keep standing, Sister Saya. Keep standing, keep standing, keep standing. Those who are first and second time and are, are newborn in the, part, in the part of this body, we thank God for you. And Mammy, oh my goodness. We can't forget Sister Mammy. <laughs> you didn't stand up, my sister. Come on, let's give a round of applause and worship to God. For the souls that are being added to the kingdom of God. God bless you, Sister Mammy. God bless you. We are here and we're just growing. Hey, there's nothing better than when a family grows. <laughs> that means more responsibility. That means more time. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Well, that's one thing with big families. You're supposed to have a lot of fun. And we're going to have a lot of fun 
in the Holy Ghost. Just to let you know that. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is right now. We are also those who are still coming in. Uh, it is our offering time. We want to also acknowledge that we are here to give unto the kingdom of God. And we're here to make sure the kingdom of God is financed. And we're going to have uh, our offering come if we all can follow these instructions. Now, there are offering baskets right in front of me, okay? And you will be dismissed row by row, starting from the front. And you will exit from the right, which is my, which is your left, my right, all right? And you're going to follow the ushers as you are given the instructions, and you are making sure that you follow each and every instruction so that we don't have any traffic, any confusion. We just want to be orderly, okay? Is that all right? And we just greet, we encourage you to greet each other while you are yet passing your offering, okay? If we can indicate by standing or stand at this moment, and we're going to give unto the Lord. There is also our ways of giving. Our four ways of giving. You see the screen. We have our website, www.mycc. Dot faith, our PayPal at Christ in the Church, of course Cash App, and of course you can mail in and let you know. I like that. It's no longer a different a- the address from before. We have Four Tennis Court, Hamilton, New Jersey. That's right here. If you need to mail in your offering, you can mail it right here, our church. And we also don't forget we still are on our Reach campaign. If you still believe in the vision that you are actually sitting, because remember, saints of God. Where you're sitting are not for decoration. These seats are for souls. And if we finance the kingdom of God, we're going to see this place full. And when this place is full, we may have to move to a different address. It may be next door. And it may be have to have a different, you know, location in terms of uh, the street address itself. But we'll be still in the vicinity. We'll just make this a part of another campus. How about you say hallelujah with that? Somebody shout hallelujah and glory to that. So we're going to believe God for what he's doing for whatever, how much longer time we're going to have left uh, to serve him in this capacity. We are going to stand at this time as we will give and pray. If you are giving electronically, one more thing, you can also step out of your seat in the offering and you can head to the back. We are our two um, areas of which we can give electronically. They're in the back by our media team area. Our servants, those who are serving in that capacity, will also give your offering electronically. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise and and honor and glory. We give you thanks for all that you've done, all that you continue to do for us. We are so glad that you've allowed us to be here, giving you the praise and the honor and the glory for all that you are and all that you continue to be. We pray as we give unto the kingdom of God. We pray that you will bless us, Lord God, in every expeditious way. We pray that the hands that we've sown into, they will come back in multiplication. We pray those some hundred, some sixty, some thirtyfold, I pray in return, just because we want to yet see your kingdom expanded. And what we are doing is not for us. It is for your name to be magnified. It is to reach souls that are yet lost in the city of Hamilton. Those souls who have not even, even understood, look at why they're coming to New Jersey. But they find a church here at Four Tennis Court that they need to be a part of. And we are praying and we're reaching for those persons that we have not touched. We have shaken their hands. We have not escorted them to their seat. We pray in our doing. We'll give 
as we were never given before and give us our heart, give us a desire for the people of God as they've been continuing to give, to continue to give on this good ground. We indicate by saying in Jesus' name, say, let the church say amen and amen. Our, 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 our musicians will come to render a selection and we will continue to worship God. Please follow the ushers in Jesus' name.
praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we stand to our feet one more time before the man of God comes up? Just want to set the atmosphere. We want to worship him one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord. don't believe that there's something bigger than me cause I've seen it in a hospital room when the doctor said sorry there's nothing more we can do well it wasn't through I've never seen a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow but I've got a promise I can hold in the middle of a struggle and God if you said it you'll perform it may not be how I want you to but here's what I'll do I'm gonna wait on you
so wait I say wait on the Lord somebody be encouraged this morning he hasn't given up on you so wait I say one more time wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, He will renew your strength, so wait, so wait, I wait on the Lord, He will renew your strength, so wait, I say, wait on the Somebody worship him while you wait. While you wait, you can praise him. While you wait, you can thank him. While you wait, while you wait, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Just keep waiting. Hallelujah, Jesus. Just wait on him. Doesn't matter what it looks like. You should just wait on him. No matter how many times you were disappointed, you should just wait on him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Get a little stronger. 
clap our hands unto the Lord. God is great and greatly to be praised. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Aren't you glad that he woke you up? He started you on your way and you still have breath in your lungs. That's the goodness of God. He didn't allow you to die in your sins. He gave you an opportunity to repent. He gave you an opportunity to be saved. And we thank God for his goodness this morning and for all that he's doing in this hour. God is just amazing and there is none like him, none compares to him. Amen. We thank God for all of you that are here this morning. We welcome our online congregation. We are so thankful for all of what God is doing. Our online congregation is such a very vital part of our church. We love them. And we're just so grateful that we can connect by this mean of live stream. And so we welcome you this morning to all of our guests. We say welcome. Thank you for being with us this morning here at Christ Center Church. Uh, to uh, Mommy and to Chrisea, 
We are so glad that um, you are back this morning in the house of the Lord. Amen. They got baptized in Jesus' name. All their sins washed away, have the name of Jesus applied to their life, and they are on their way. They were on their way, but they have got over a major um, obstacle there and a major deal um, as they continue to seek the Lord and to know him and to live for him. And so we're glad for that. Amen. Just a couple of quick mentions before I get right into the word of God. Our fellowship center over here is open and uh, we're still working on it um, to get you comfortable over there. That's where we eat, drink and fellowship. And so if you want to eat next door, you want to drink and it's not water next door, right in the next room over there and um, hang out and spend some time with each other. And we normally have some refreshment on sale. And why do we sell things? Because food is good. Food is good. My mother told me that um, there's a pastor's wife down in uh, Florida uh, um, that always says food keeps down the stress. And so we like, you know, we're apostolic. Part of being apostolic is eating. Did you know that? Okay, go check the Bible. Say they broke bread from house to, from house, to house. And they ate. So if you're real apostolic, you like to eat. And so we got to have food in the house. And we just figure while we have food in the house, why not just give something towards the building up of the kingdom of God so we have refreshments. We have beef patties and I guess chicken patties and vegetable patties, I guess. So we have patties. You can get it with coca bread or you can get it with hard dough bread. And that's a good thing. And because of the season, for those of you that are foreigners and know all about this, we have Easter bun and cheese. We have it on sale. So if you would like, we have a nice thick slice of cheese with your thick slices of bun. Just go and get it. Get it. There's only a few of it. When it's gone, it's gone. So listen to the service. Don't let that be on your mind and you forget what the word of God is saying. Listen to the service. I don't know if I should have told you that. We have drinks also to refresh you, water and drinks, so you can get refreshed. And so we want you to hang with us a little bit after church. Amen. It's Sunday. There used to be a time where nothing was done on Sunday. Sunday was all about church and family. There was a time nothing was open. For some of you, that's like, you know, you can't even imagine that. But there was a time where on Sundays, nothing was open. Nothing. And so all you could do is go to church and be with your family. And so we allowed the world to dictate how we live. And what we should be doing is still doing that. Going to church and spending time with our family. It doesn't matter what the world wants to do. You have a choice to do what you want to do. You got quiet on me. I'll help you out with the word of God today. But today is what they call Palm Sunday, right? Today is Palm Sunday. And uh, it was so named Palm Sunday because uh, this was the day um, over 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. And they had palm leaves and they said, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they uh, praised him and uh, they crowned him king. And so today is recognized as that day. Palm Sunday, which is also um, heading into the week of crucifixion, because you have Palm Sunday, which in the Middle East 
Sunday is called the first day of the week. The first day of the week. Monday is the second day of the week. Right? Tuesday is the third day of the week. Wednesday, which is the fourth day of the week, was the day that Christ was crucified. And so he was crucified Wednesday at 3 p.m. And so from Wednesday, 3 p.m. to Thursday, 3 p.m., 24 hours. From Thursday, 3 p.m. till Friday, 3 p.m., 48 hours, two days. From Thursday, 3 p.m. Till, fr- till from Friday, 3 p.m. till Saturday, 3 p.m., three days. Let me just say it that way. Three days. And so he rose on a Saturday evening. Saturday evening. Which the first day of the week in Israel is Saturday evening at 6.01. So that's the gist of what transpired over 2,000 years ago when Christ was led to be crucified, and we'll tell the rest of the story next week. (laughs) But it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to celebrate Palm Sunday. If I can get you to put your attention in the scriptures to John chapter 12, verse number 9. I like this text. I think this is the one that I like the best. All four Gospels records... uh, uh, Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry, um, with Jesus being on the donkey entering into Jerusalem. All four Gospels mention it, but I like John's Gospel. To be honest with you, I probably like John's Gospel more than all four Gospels um, because I just feel like John um, was always um, teaching to let you know Jesus Christ is God manifest in flesh. And so that was always how John wrote his Gospel in, in the thought that Jesus Christ is God Almighty. And so it gives you a different understanding. If you look into it closely, you'll see that John is writing a little deeper. Amen. Luke is a physician, so Luke is good too. Matthew is great, and, and Mark is great. I just like John um, uh, recording of uh, the Gospels. In John chapter 12, verse number 9, the scripture says, Much people of the Jews... Therefore knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. Because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna! Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. As Jesus, and Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat thereon, as it is written, 
Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, the king cometh sitting on a donkey's coat. Trying to read for the kids. These things understood not his disciples at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him. And that they had done these things unto him. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this topic. I'm going to throw you for a loop this morning. They came not for Jesus' sake only. They came not for Jesus' sake only. Father, we thank you for the gathering of the people of God. Lord, when you show up and you do your thing, Lord, all things just come into place. And, oh, God, we're here this morning looking to you, the author and finisher of our faith, to help us to just move a bit forward in you, Lord God, to have a little bit more understanding about you. I pray, almighty God, that every heart and every mind will be open and receptive to the word of God and the spirit of God will work in their life today, Lord God. Father, you can do miraculous things. You can do things that nobody else can do. And God, the things that we need in this hour is only what you can do. Will you work mightily? Will you work miraculously in our heart, in our mind, in the midst of this congregation that we will walk out of this place today differently than how we came in? Oh God, will you pull on the heartstring of your people you came to seek and to save that which was lost. It is your will that all is saved and that none would perish. You went to Calvary that, Lord, we might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, Lord, I ask that you will take control and do what only you can in this service today. Place me in the flow of your spirit and use me as your oracle. I pray that you have your way in this place today. We ask you all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Can we all say amen and clap our hands unto the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Sometimes you come to church. This is not a correct statement, but you might understand what I'm saying. Sometimes you come to church and you just don't feel like it and you can't get with it. But like anything else, you need to push through. If it's worth it, you need to push through. If you believe God is real, then you need to push through. If you believe that God has something in store for you, then you need to push through. They, they came, not for Jesus' sake only. There was an expectation upon the mind of the popular Jewish people that Messiah was about to come. They expected him to be a temporal prince. Hear me good this morning. One who would make war upon the Romans and to restore the Jewish nationality. There were many who 
Though they did not believe in Christ with a spiritual faith, nevertheless hoped that perhaps he might be to them a great temporal believer. I don't know if you heard what I just said. I said there were many who, though they did not believe in Christ, not for what he wanted them to believe anyway, This triumphal entry was the only public demonstration that our Lord allowed while he was ministering on the earth. His purpose was to fulfill the Old Testament prophecy. And so I said to you, or I say to you, as Christians, I'll leave demonstration to other people. I'm not saying demonstration is wrong. I'm saying as a Christian... I'm not getting into that public demonstration because Jesus only went public one time and he went public one time to fulfill the scriptures. Everything else that he did, it was a personal thing that the world may have made public, but he didn't look to gain public notoriety. The Bible says he made himself of no reputation. In Zechariah 9 and 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, the king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon a donkey and upon a colt and a foal of a donkey. He was quoting when Jesus rode on the donkey through Jerusalem, he was fulfilling this prophecy that Zechariah spoke of in Zechariah 9 and 9. Jesus came to save others. Somebody say me. Mm -hmm. And not to be made a king himself in the sense in which they understood him. Mm. The people determined that now they would make Jesus a king, and that now he should lead them against the host of Rome. He intended no such thing, nevertheless overruled their enthusiasm that by it he might have an opportunity of performing that which he had been, which had been written of him in the prophets in Zechariah. Not all those who strew the branches in the way and cried, Hosanna, cared about Christ as a spiritual prince. No, they thought that he was to be a temporal deliverer. And when they found out afterwards that they were mistaken, they hated him just as much as they had loved him. And that's why they shout, crucify him, crucify him. Because as loud, they said, crucify him, crucify him as loud and vehemently as they could. Because he did not do and he did not come to do what they wanted. And so for us here today, how are we living for God? Is God good today, but he's not tomorrow because your day is a little harder tomorrow? 
How are we living for God? Is it only because of what God can do for us that we will always say, oh, God is good, and that's why we will call him the deliverer or the healer or the the, the God of salvation? Is that why we're calling him those things, or it's because we really believe that's who he is? Those same people who were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. A lot of those same people were the ones that were saying, crucify him, crucify him. They glorify you in one side of their mouth, and on the next side, they curse you. It is fashionable these days, as it was for so many back then, to say they believe in Christ and they go to church. But are we believing in Christ for what we think he can do for us, for our own selfish desires, or because we want to praise him for what he can do? Are we believing Christ for who he is because of deliverance that we want from him, or because it is fashionable to say, I believe in Christ. I believe there's a lot of people today that say they believe because it's fashionable. I believe. And we say we believe because it's fashionable. Church, when we say we believe something, there is a conviction I don't want to do this, but this, I've got to do it. Pray for my boy, my last boy. Here's why I'm saying that. If you all know the amount of work Jordan put in to learning songs and playing drums, if you only knew, if you only knew, dude put work in. This is more important to him than school. He don't play around. He come home from school, he'd rather play drums before he does his homework, before he do his homework. Why am I saying that? I am saying I'm watching with my own eyes. Forget about me for a second. I'm watching with my own eyes that this dude believes in this. He believes in, 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 in being part of the praise and worship, in being part of just, just worship and praise. And so he put the work in. And so even kids know when they believe something, you see it. We can't go around and keep telling people I'm a believer and nobody can see that we are believers. If we say we are believers, people ought to see it. They ought to look and say, that is a believer. Look at them. Look how they carry themselves. Look how much time they put into being who they say they are. If we believe this thing, we need to show that we believe this thing. I pray it's not out of fashion that we are coming to church or serving God. Because it's the end thing. That's what everybody do. And it looks good and sounds good. 
I pray we come to church to worship. I pray we come to church for His sake and not for our sake. I pray that we come and we give for His sake and not our sake. I pray we come to church and serve for God's sake and not ours. I pray we love for His sake and not because it's fashionable. I love you. And that's as far as it goes. Because when the rubber meets the road, we can't see how you love us. But it's fashionable to say, I love you. Yesterday, a couple days ago, um, Sister Naila called me and said um, her husband had a wedding to do and he's not able to do it. Can I do it? I said, I got it. I had a funeral that morning. And she called me on the same day, asked me, could I do it? I said, I got it. I told that man and that woman years and years ago, once I understood love and started serving God, that I loved them. When I was done, I was walking away. She said, thank you, Brother Wayne. I said, what did I tell you? I said, I told y'all that I love y'all and I got y'all. That ain't ever going to change. If it's legit. Love is not something that is today, but it's not tomorrow. If you love, you love. You step up to the plate and you love. Love is never inconvenience or inconvenient. It was easy to say, oh, you know, I got a funeral in the day and we normally have prayer at the church at six. And, you know, I got to preach tomorrow. I could have dropped a whole lot of stuff. But when you love people, you're there for them. You don't tell people you love them and then you're trying to look for some way out of it. Mm, I done stepped on a few people's toes. Mm-hmm. Our love for the Lord must be what binds us to him and what prompts our obedience to God. If we love him, we should obey him. We should not be living for the Lord just because it's fashionable. We should live for God because we love him, because he is God Almighty. We can't do this thing because it's fashionable. We got to do it because it is right and it's what God expects from us. When we live for the Lord because of who he is and not because it's fashionable, we enjoy his joy and and you will be victorious. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with right now. If you're living for the Lord, you will always have joy and you will be victorious no matter what's going on right now. You will be victorious. I was preaching the funeral yesterday and I told my wife, I said, when I get to Trenton, the Trenton spirit come on me. Ah, take me back when I was living in Trenton. Take me back when I was running the streets of Trenton. And of course, I go do this funeral and I see people from the past and people that I know and we're kicking it. But I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I'm preaching. And all of a sudden, I don't know, because this, this is not etiquette, ministers. I said, ain't nobody in heaven today. You don't do that at a funeral. Because at a funeral, everybody want to feel good that their loved one went to heaven. And you're going to preach, ain't nobody in heaven today. And it just got quiet. You can hear a pin drop on the carpet. Figure that out. <laughs> and so, but God is so good. I'm sure it was the Holy Ghost that prompted me to say that. And I said, 
The scripture says, the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first to meet the Lord in the air. I said, ain't nobody in heaven right now. The dead is in Christ if they died in Christ. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And there shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort ye one another with these words. I said, Lord, what, why did I do that? But it's, when you're ministering and you're trying to get people to understand, you're just trying your best. And sometimes people are not getting it, that how real this thing is. We can't be doing this because it's fashionable. This got to be real. This got to be something that's real to us. We have to live this every single day and not casually or on the surface. We got to live this thing deep and deeper and deeper. Listen, I know when we live for God and we give it all to him, we become public enemy number one to the devil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the devil wants to destroy you and ruin your testimony. The devil wants to destroy you and ruin your testimony. What does this have to do with this message, preacher? A whole lot. Lazarus was a living witness as to who Jesus was and Jesus' omnipotence. The Bible says they didn't come just to see Jesus only. <laughs> they came also to see Lazarus because Lazarus re- represented the power of God. Lazarus represented what God can really do. And so they showed up to say, let me see who Lazarus is and if he really is living, if he's really alive, let me see him. They did not come for Jesus' sake only. They wanted to see Lazarus too. Mm-hmm. That's why they sought to put him to death along with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you this morning, church? Can I tell you this? If you remain a witness for Christ, if you live for God and you continue to follow him and, 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 and let people see God's glory in your life, guess what? You now become a witness and you will have influence for other people believing in Christ. So the devil will try to destroy you and to ruin your witness because he doesn't want other people to believe in Jesus. Because if you live the life for what God is giving you, 
Guess what? People have to acknowledge there is a God. For all the people that I've known in Trenton before I got saved in 1995, before I got saved, they knew me as a worldly person, a person that cursed and drank and partied and did all kind of stuff. They knew me as that. But when Jesus stepped into my life and he delivered me and he set me free and I repented of my sins and I got baptized in Jesus' name, and I got filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, I became a new man. I don't talk the same. I don't walk the same. I don't live the same. God had done a work in my life, and for every day I wake up and live this life, the devil is mad. The devil don't like it. The devil want to destroy me. The devil want to ruin me, but the devil can't do it. He want to do the same for you every time you decide, whenever you decide to live for God, the devil will try to destroy you and ruin you. Because you living for God mean other people will know who God is. Other people will understand the power of God. Other people will want their life be changed just like yours was changed. And so the devil is trying his best to slow you down. He's trying his best to get you going sideways. He's trying his best to get you to walk away from God or to do some crazy things to ruin your testimony. But can I tell you something? Let me tell you how stupid the devil is. Because I don't want you to be afraid of him this morning. Let me tell you how stupid he is. Sister Cook, check it out. Lazarus was dead. Four days. Jesus went and called him out of the grave. He got resurrected and came out of the grave. Jesus loosed him out of his grave clothes. And now he's chilling with his sisters, eating, hanging with Jesus. And the devil was trying to kill him. Watch your enemy. He's trying to kill Lazarus who rose from the dead. The same person who rose Lazarus from the grave, if you kill him, devil, he can raise Lazarus back up. If, if, if Lazarus was once dead and Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth, and Jesus rose him from the dead... If he's living and just having a good time and the devil want to hate and the devil trying to kill him, even if Jesus allowed the devil to kill him, what will Jesus do again? So the devil is so dumb that he thinks he can ruin us, but guess what? He can't. Because the work that God did for you the very first time, he will do again and again and again and again. The work that he has done in your life, he can keep doing it. So the devil can't stop you if you don't let him. He would have rose Lazarus again. So I don't know why they was trying to kill Lazarus too. The Bible said they tried to kill Jesus, and they try to kill Lazarus. And so in my mind, if Jesus rose Lazarus, I'm sure he can, re- he can raise himself. If Jesus rose Lazarus, I'm sure he can raise Lazarus again. But the devil is so bent on trying to destroy you, he can't even think straight. He's smart, supposedly, because he's been around a long time. But he's a dumb devil, even though he's been around a long time. Let me tell you this about your testimony. When you mess up, that doesn't ruin your testimony. 
The only way your testimony get ruined is if you walk away from God and never get saved again. The only way your testimony is destroyed is if you walk away from God and you never get right again. You never got restored. You never got delivered. You never got reconciled back to God. If you never do that, then you ruin your testimony. But it don't matter how many times you fall, you can get back up. It doesn't matter how many times you messed up. It can get right back again. It doesn't matter how much mess you made. Jesus can clean up that mess and make it like it never happened before. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't mean your testimony is ruined. The devil wants you to believe you've been living for God for a long time. And how could you dare do something like that? You ruined your testimony. I'm here to tell you this morning, you did not ruin your testimony. The only way you ruin your testimony is when you stop living for God and never go back living for God. But as long as you're living for God, I don't care what happens along the way, because you're ready for this one. Some of your ups and your downs are just testimonies of how good God is. The devil gets so mad because he wants you to think that when you go through a bad patch that God didn't care about you. He wants you to think that when you experience a bad situation or when you have to go through financial difficulties or whatever it is, the devil come and whisper to make you believe God can't be who he says he is. God don't really love you like he claimed he do. Why is he letting you go through that? And guess what? God is smiling because if you will just trust God, it's just part of your journey. And sooner or later, God gets the glory and you will be blessed abundantly. The devil cannot ruin our testimony if we never stop living for God. If we never give up on God, he cannot ruin our testimony. He's an idiot. Thinking about, he want to kill Lazarus. How are you going to try to kill somebody that was dead and rose from the grave? Somebody that's dead and was resurrected. I'm just like, I ain't messing with that dude. Like, that dude, we know it's not his power, but, but, but in our mind, we're like, man, I ain't messing with that dude. That dude got up out of the grave. You can't do nothing to him. But the devil don't think like that because he's he, he an idiot. And he wants you to think he's smart. They came not for Jesus' sake only, but they are coming for you too, church. Don't let anyone take your testimony away from you. You don't let yourself take your testimony away from you. And I'm here to tell you again, to reiterate, because you slipped up don't mean your testimony is ruined. Because you had a downfall don't mean your testimony is ruined. Because you're backslidden for a moment there don't mean your testimony is ruined. It just meant you went through something. But God is still who he is. He's still powerful. He's still almighty. He's still sovereign. He still saves. He still heals. He still delivers. He still reconciles. And guess what? He's still filling people with the Holy Ghost. He's still baptizing people in Jesus' name. And he's still keeping people. People from falling. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. If you fall down, church, get back up. If you made a mess, tell Jesus, help me, and God will.
will come and clean it up. If you have sinned, repent from your ways and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care what you're going through. God loves you. Can I just slide this in? Let me slide this in. If we will learn, you always hear me say, learn the ways of God. Because you don't know all the word of God. And we would never know all the word of God. It's too much of it. But when you start learning the ways of God, it will do your soul so much good. And here is something you need to learn. Because this is what is keeping some of us from going where God is trying to take us. Stop waiting for God to show you the whole plan before you make a move. If God will show you the whole plan before he make a move, then you're not living by faith. And so many people are stuck because whether you say it or you don't, you're waiting for God to show you more before you make the first move or the second move or the third move. And God is saying, I told you walk by faith and not by sight. I told you, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not to your own understanding. I told you the steps of a good man is ordered by the Lord. So why I got to show you everything I'm doing for you to respond to me? Why don't you do what I've told you and then I will keep showing you more and more. God wants to show us more, but we got to take the next step, not the next five steps. And so we struggle. Some of us haven't gotten saved yet. We don't want to get baptized because we're worrying about, this is one of the biggest things. You ready for this one? I'm not ready right now. I, I just, there's just a lot going on and I'm just not ready. In the country where I'm from, they tell you, you got to go through nine weeks of class, 12 weeks of class, so you can get to learn who he is before you give your life to God. We don't realize that God is really the one that keeps us through this whole process. We think that somehow we're keeping ourselves by how we live. You can live your best life. You can live the most righteous you think you can, and it still won't work. You don't know where the next situation is coming from the east or the west. You don't know when the next car is going to come and just run into you. You don't know what's going to happen in your life, but God knows everything. So you don't have to be ready. You know how many times God tell me to do stuff and I wasn't ready to do it? What I was supposed to tell him? I'm just not ready yet. I just got to get myself together. You can't get yourself together without Jesus. How long you been trying to get yourself ready? How long you been trying to get yourself ready? You can't do it. You need Jesus to get you ready. You need Jesus to get you right. You need Jesus to guide your life so you can do what you need to do. And so you don't need to be ready. When the call comes, you just got to take the call from the Lord. And whatever he tells you to do, you just got to do it. Because God will help you through the process. But he's not going to show you step by step how everything is going to work. He did not do that for any one of us and he will not do it for you. If we want to go back to where it started, just let's just start with Abraham. He told that joker to leave his house. And guess what he told him? And I'm going to take it to a land that you don't know, but I'll show it to you. 
Okay, okay. The Lord is gonna the Lord want me to pack up, put stuff on my mules, you know, my camels, get all that stuff packed up, tell my family we're going out, we're leaving. We're we're going to a new place. Where you going, Dad? Honey, where you going? I don't know. God told me I need to go someplace. He told me to tra- he told me to travel east. That's all I know. He ain't give him nothing else. The Lord told me to travel east. And so I'm going to travel east. And the kids, I'm going to be hungry soon. Did you bring enough food? And where are we going to sleep? They're just doing their thing. But God told this dude to go to a land that the dude don't know about. And we're here today in the 21st century worrying about, well, I just got to wait for the Lord to show me before I get saved. I don't know, man. We got to read our Bible. Because God is not going to treat you any different than he treats me. He's not going to treat Abraham any different than he treats me. And so just like he told Abraham, go and I'll tell you. I'll tell you the rest. I'm going to get you started. I'll tell you as you go. As you trust me, I'll tell you. As you keep going, I'll tell you. But I'm not giving you all this information. So if you're ready to give your life to God today, you just need to go ahead and do it. Because whatever you're waiting for is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Because he must abide by his principles and his word. And his word says we must live by faith. And so faith means I know who God is and I trust him. So if he tells me to go get baptized today, I got to go get baptized today. What does that mean, bro? You know, listen. There's a lot of us that got baptized. When we got baptized, we didn't know quite what it meant. We just knew it was in the Bible, and we need to do it. We didn't know we take on the name of Jesus. We didn't know that, you know, all of our sins was remitted. We didn't know all this stuff. All we know it says, get baptized. It's the same way today. You're not going to know a whole lot about how it needs to work. Give this last piece. You know why most churches don't have a lot of men in it? Because of what I'm just talking about now. Men have to be in control. And to serve God, you got to let God be in control. Women don't have a problem being led by men. It's only when they got knuckleheads that they got a problem with. But if they got a decent man, they will let him lead. So that's why it's easy for women to come to church because they don't mind being led. That's how God made them. But man, ain't nobody going to be telling me what to do. I take care of this myself. And so they come to church and now it's hard for them to repent and get baptized because in their mind, I'm losing control. The Holy Ghost just told me to tell you, you're not losing control. That's when you gain control. The Holy Ghost just told me to tell you, brother, that if you think that you're losing control when you repent of your sins and you get baptized in Jesus' name and get filled with the Holy Ghost, you're not losing control. You're gaining control. Right now, if you're not born again, you don't have no control. But the devil made you think you've got control. But you don't have none. It's not until you get born again. 
God. Woo! Many people are showing up to the house of the Lord out of curiosity and to see who was there. But there are others who have come to the house of the Lord because they want to know him, because they want to be saved, because they want to live a better life than the one they are currently living. There are many people that are showing up for out of curiosity, out of being, you know, inquisitive. What's going on in there? Who is there? But there's a lot of people that's showing up for the real reason, and that is I want to know who Jesus is. In the presence of the Lord, faith and unbelief will always be revealed. When God shows up, whether by his spirit or physically, faith and unbelief will be revealed. I studied that one. I looked through the scriptures and I understood that. What does that mean? His mere presence will cause you to either trust and believe or nah. I don't, I don't, uh -uh. You forgot the scripture we read earlier? Did you forget the scripture we read earlier? People showed up for different reasons. But let me show it to you in Luke chapter 23, verse 36. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save yourself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the male factor which were hanged railed on him saying, if thou be the Christ or if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him saying, dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly. For we receive the due reward of our deeds. The two thieves on the cross was saying, one, the one was mocking him. And the other was saying, listen, he up here with us. And we real criminals. We did wrong. He didn't do anything. That's what scripture said. But this man had done nothing amiss. And so these two thieves, one is saying, man, you say you God. Get us up out of here. That same behavior of always wanting God to do what you want him to do. That same behavior, we keep seeing it in scripture. We keep dealing with God like we God and he is the genie in the bottle. We tell him what we want and he's supposed to do it. The people came and, and see Lazarus and saw Jesus, but it's always about them. They're curious to see, did he really raise Lazarus from the dead? Here we go with, with this, these two thieves. If he God, why don't he save himself and save us? Is he really God or he's not God? Wherever 
the presence of the Lord is manifested, faith and unbelief will be revealed because God's presence will always cause us to show our true colors. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, verily, I say unto thee, today shall thou be with me in paradise. I don't want to explain that. If you want that explained, come talk to me later. Faith and unbelief will reveal itself in the presence of the Lord. Faith will cause you to get saved. Unbelief will cause you to be separated from God eternally. Because nobody can save without Jesus Christ. So when you go against him, you have no hope. And so when we come to church and we're in the house of God, the question is, will we demonstrate faith or will we demonstrate unbelief? In Acts 28, 23, and when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. Because when the presence of the Lord is manifested, faith will be revealed and unbelief will be revealed. They came not for Jesus' sake only. They came to see Lazarus. And people will come to church to see you. <laughs> they will come to see you because they want to know if what they heard about you is really true. Did they really change their life? Did they really start living holy and righteous? Did they really start just serving God? Did they really become a preacher? They came to see you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As the Lord Jesus continued to work greatly in you and in his church, some people are coming. They're coming to see what Jesus is doing. And so can I tell you this? If I can sum up this theme or this title today. They came not for Jesus' sake only. You know what's interesting about that? They may not know or they may think in their mind that they came for they didn't come for Jesus only but they came to see what Jesus did but isn't that the same thing isn't it the same thing that whether you come to seek and to see and to hear what Jesus is doing isn't it the same as to see the people he's working in their lives because it's all being done by Jesus so no matter how you want to slice it, no matter how you want to express it or say it, if you came to see people or you came to see, came to see, see Jesus, the bottom line is it's all the work of Jesus that you're seeing. And so they came not for Jesus' sake only, 
but so they can see if Lazarus is really alive. But Lazarus is alive because Jesus raised him from the dead. So when people come for different reasons, some of it will be because they're coming to see you. Understand this, when they see you, they're still seeing the power of God. If you will stay on course, if you will live your life, if you will get saved and stay saved, when they come out of curiosity, they will get Jesus. When they come because they want to inquire, they can get Jesus. Because whether they're looking at what Jesus is doing in your life or they're looking at what Jesus is doing in the atmosphere, they're still getting Jesus. Let's stand. They came not for Jesus' sake only, but if we will look at it closely, we will realize that no matter what they came for, they're going to get Jesus. And that's why we don't have to get worked up about people's motives. Sometimes we get so worried about motives. I'm not worried about motives. Because no matter what the situation is, they're going to get Jesus. If you're here today and you are one of those ones that's been trying to work it out in your mind and figuring out how you're going to get saved and when you're going to get saved, God spoke to you. Will you come and give your life to the Lord today? Will you come and give your life to the Lord today? Will you come today and let this be the day where you repent of your sins and you get baptized in Jesus' name? Tomorrow is not promised unto you. Next week, Sunday, is not promised unto you. And so if the Lord spoke to you today, it doesn't matter how long you've been living. It doesn't matter how short a while you've been living. If God spoke to your heart today about getting baptized, why don't you come? We'll pray for you. We'll get you baptized. The baptism tank is right over here. God can wash away your sins. Your life can be different. And you will see that you have taken the next step that he's been wanting you to take. That's the step. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. That step in baptism is the step that will deliver you and you don't even know it. Because you are still hung up on the big picture. How it needs to work out. And God wants you to know today that initial step. Oh my God, I feel in the Holy Ghost now. I wish whoever I'm talking to will listen to me right now and hear me. That initial step that you need to take, you need to take it now. Because the way how God will deliver you, the way how God will work in your life and help you to overcome, it's because you take that first step. Forget about what you're going to do later on this evening. I am not saying that you shouldn't go do it. I am just saying sometimes we don't give our life to God because we might think in our mind, I'm going to take a drink later because this is just what I do on Sunday. I drink my wine. I drink my beer. I do this. And so what's the sense of getting baptized when I'm going to do that? That's exactly what I'm talking about. You're telling yourself what you think you will do even after you get baptized and you never stop to consider the power of God. You never stop to consider that if you give your life to God today and you get baptized for the remission of sins, God can take that alcohol taste out of your mouth today when you come out of that tank. God can take away that desire for all the wrong things you've been doing as soon as you come out of that tank, but you won't give God a chance. You keep figuring you know best, and you don't know. 
like he knows. Is there one today? There's about three people in here that can give their life to God. If you will just trust God. If you will just trust God today and let God wash away all your sins. God can deliver you just like that in an instant. You struggle all your life trying to get it together. You struggle all your life trying to make it work. Why did you think God got you here today? Why did God bring you here today? Because it's fashionable? God brought you here today because he's been calling your name. He's been calling you. He's been calling you. He wants to save you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to help you so you can live your best life and stop struggling the way you are. Going back and forth and never really truly being free. Let's pray. We'll pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, you brought your children together today. You love them with an everlasting love. And you have prompted me and moved me to speak your word the way you want me to deliver. But God, I just want to help in whatever way that I can. And if it's your will, Lord God, let them know today. Will you touch their heart even now as I'm praying for them? Those that you're calling to salvation. Those that you're calling to be baptized right now for their sins to be washed away. For that curse. You're struggling because there's a curse on your life. You're struggling because the devil is doing his best work to destroy you, to cut you off, so you will never have eternal life. But Jesus wants me to tell you he came that you may have life uh, and have it more abundantly. Uh, He has come to set you free from captivity. And if you will let him today, you will begin to look back on your life a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, and see how God delivered you on this second day of April of 2023. You will be able to look back and see God delivered you. And you never thought it was possible. But God says, all things are possible with me. With me, all things are possible. With me, all things are possible. There's not one person in here today that has a situation that God cannot take care of. Because with God, all things are possible. You might have came into this service today for one reason or the other. But God has spoken to your heart to let you know, let this be the day that God will do a work in your life. Let it be for God's will. Oh, hallelujah. Worship Him with me, church. Oh, yes, Lord, I worship you. I praise your holy name. There is none like you, Jesus. Oh, God, touch your children's heart today. God, don't let their heart be hardened, but let their heart be receptive to your word. Let their heart be receptive to your word and to your spirit that they will not walk out the same way but change will come deliverance will come healing will come if you 
God will touch your body right now and He's going to heal you. You need strength and healing. Lift your hands with me. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, for every uplifted hand that needs the healing, I pray by your strength that they will be healed and be made whole. Lord, for every uplifted hand who needs strength, I pray that you will strengthen them and that you will give them, oh God, strength to continue to go on, strength to keep pressing on, strength to live the life that you call them to live in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord is in this place, church. What will you do? Jesus is here today. Oh, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. opportunity today. As our pastor just said, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is promised to no man. If you heard his voice today, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation. You have the opportunity today. Take the opportunity. Tomorrow is promised to no man. Our God is an awesome God. He's worthy of all our praises. We were made in his image and in his likeness to worship and praise Him. Our purpose in this earth is to glorify God. The 24 elders said, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, for Thy pleasure they are and were created. So let's just worship Him one more time. Hallelujah. Lord, we honor and adore You. Almighty God, we love You. Lord Jesus, in faith we call upon you right now, asking, Almighty God, for your guidance and your protection upon everyone that's in this house today, Almighty God. Lord, in faith we pray, Almighty God, that you cover every home that's represented here today. 
Lord God, in faith we pray, Almighty God, that you pour out your blessings upon us. Bless us indeed and enlarge our territories, Almighty God. Keep your hands upon us that we might not cause pain. Lord, as we dismiss from this house, we ask, Almighty God, that you go with us. Guide and keep us, Almighty God. Watch over us. Almighty God, in faith we pray that you bless us indeed. Lord God, let your face shine upon us and be merciful unto us and give us peace. As we dismiss, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Church, say amen. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.